0: Welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. You're about to hear a message from our series called Managing Your Inner World, and it explores the things that Jesus said about how to have happiness in life. Something everyone wants, but may try to secure in the wrong way or not understand how to attain it at all. The Bible gives us clear direction on how to manage our inner world so that we can experience true happiness in life. We hope that you enjoy today's message. Well, back in September of 2021, I was spending some time in, in prayer and in scriptures as I often do in the morning. And I have a, a journal that from time to time I'll write things down that stand out to me or whatever, and, uh, things maybe from the word or prayer or whatever. And in, in that particular time in, uh, at that moment, I, I had a, a thought impressed on my heart and I wrote it down. It went like this Can we have disagreement without division? Can we have disagreement without division? Well, the pandemic was about, you know, 18 months in and all the mandates and all the rest of it. And it it just seemed like disagreement was like the theme of the whole thing. I mean, you could name any issue, any mandate, any narrative, and you'd have two sides to it. And this, by the way, is not just like a national thing or a political problem or something of that nature. This was happening in families uh, all over the place. And uh, that's why I think the verse that we're going to look at today from the Beatitudes is so important uh, in in seeing it, you know, implemented into our lives. It's important, listen, even if there never was a pandemic, and wouldn't that have been nice? Even if we hadn't gone through what we went through in the last couple of years, this verse is so important to our lives, and I'll tell you why because even without the drama of what we've seen the last 2 years families have problems families have people that don't visit anymore families have people that don't talk to each other anymore don't get along they just avoid each other they don't get invited to different events it's it's almost like distance is the peacekeeping strategy in some families and so When I wrote down this statement, can we have disagreement without division, I thought God has put a question on my heart that I was supposed to research and study and kind of figure it out from Scripture, but it wasn't a question. It wasn't a question at all. In fact, what it was was a request. It was a request. See, Jesus had already determined that it could happen, and he said so in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9. Happy are the peacemakers, for they will be named sons of God. Happy are the peacemakers. To be a peacemaker is one who makes peace, especially by reconciling parties at variance. And so if if you're not a peacemaker, then you're probably continuing with some kind of strife going on with others in your world because strife happens. Um, You living in strife, though, is a sure way to undermine your peace. It's also a sure way to undermine your happiness. It's a sure way to add stress to your life as well. The theme of this series has been about managing your inner world. That's what we've been talking about. And when there's disagreement that's going on in your life, it can create contention and strife and offense and anger and bitterness. All kinds of internal things can get created out of it. All of this is going to put you in a place where you have no peace or happiness, just emotional turmoil. And here's the deal. It's not coming from what's going on with others around you. It's actually coming from how you are handling what's going on around you. And that's an important distinction. You don't need to have agreement, by the way, to have peace. Some people, that's the formula they carry in their mind. It's like, well, we just got to agree. If we don't agree, no harmony, no peace, can't get along, can't do this. You don't need to have agreement to have peace. You don't need to have agreement to have reconciliation either. You don't have to agree. James chapter 3 and verse 18 says this. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other treating each other with dignity and honor. He says, do the hard work of getting along with each other. Not the hard work of making your argument stick. Not the hard work of, you know, winning the fight. Not the hard work of proving your point or making your case. But the hard work of getting along with each other. That should be your goal. That should be your focus. Your focus is to get along, not to get your way. And so he says, here's what you do. You treat each other with dignity and with honor. You know, harmony in relationships is about respect. And reconciliation has to do with honor, not agreement, but about honor. So how do we function as a peacemaker as the Bible encourages us to be? Well, first of all, start by settling the conflict within yourself. Start by settling the conflict within yourself you know, some of us have got so much going on inside, we don't even need another person in the room to have an argument. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you, just, you can just look in the mirror and have at her right there. You just There's just so much going on. you talking to yourself all the time. You just work yourself all up. You know, your wife walks in, and who are you talking to? Nobody, nobody. It was the TV. It was the TV. Start by settling the conflict within yourself. Listen, if you're miserable with you, It's no wonder you're miserable with others. If you don't have peace inside of your own life, you can't create it around you. You can only create what's already inside of you. Now, last week, Pastor Joel did a great job in a life-changing talk about the importance of forgiving. So, so important. And if you haven't forgiven, one of the things he talked about was how this, the scripture says you'll develop a root of bitterness. Well, roots grow stuff. You get a root of bitterness, it's like a little piece of a root off a weed that you got left when you pulled that weed, you know it's coming back. Why? Because the root broke. It's going to grow. Well, bitterness will grow things inside of you as well. It'll grow attitudes inside of you that'll affect the relationships around you. Inside of you can be a sense of being contentious, being judgmental, being defensive, being a person who's always an arguer, always cynical about everything going on, even becoming a factious person. Factious person is a person who gossips to others with the motive of getting them on their side to their opinion against the opposite opinion. These are internal issues that a person can have and has to address. And here's the deal. They're not caused by your conflict. They're only revealed by your conflict. When you get in conflict, it's not like, well, the reason I'm upset is because they did this and they did that, and the reason that this is going on in my world is because they did this and they... No, no, no. That conflict just revealed something that's already inside of you. They revealed the conflict. You picked this stuff up from some, somewhere else. It was already inside of you, and now it's coming out. Maybe it was your family background. Maybe you just grew up in an environment with angry arguers. You know, in some homes, that's just how it goes. They have a difference the voices go up, tempers, you know, get a little hotter, and he who argues and fights the best wins, you know, wins to get their way, so to speak. That's just how some families are. Maybe you grew up around that. You think that's normal. Well, I got news for you it's not. Maybe you've been hurt in the past. And so now you defend that hurt with criticism, being judgmental, or just being defensive about things going on. I remember a person who grew up with an alcoholic father who was abusive to the whole family. And and there was a a, a bitterness and a cynicism that was in this person's life towards authority. As she would get in conflict, and and here's the deal, she couldn't even tell you what happened that created the conflict. In other words, it's like, okay, you're in conflict. What happened? Why do you feel this? What did they do? Couldn't point to anything. Why? Because it was inside of her. That bitter root was just inside of her, and and anything that looked like an authority, i.e. her dad, immediately brought that out of her. It was what was in her that was the problem, not what was going on around her. Your family history of being a fighter, being confrontational, might be all that you know, but it's these things that are in you that are disrupting the ability to be a peacemaker. Your strife isn't coming from what's happening around you. It's coming from what's happening inside of you. And until you deal with it, until you get into the hard work of dealing with what's inside of you, it'll just find another reason to flare up, another person to be in disagreement with, another situation that can be your excuse to manifest it again. So I'm going to say this to you to help you. Take the freedom course. Take the freedom course. Those people that are clapping, they used to be really miserable. (laughs) But they took the freedom course. And now they're so free, they clap in church. It's amazing what God did. Here's the deal. You've got to address that stuff inside of you. It's not coming out all by itself. Or it is coming out, but it's coming out the wrong way. And so... This course is something that we offer in all of our Connect courses that is meant to help you deal with those things. And there's my commercial break. Let's move forward. Okay, James asks the question in James chapter 4 and verse 1. Do you know where your fights and your arguments come from? They come from the selfish desires that war within you. You want things, but you do not have them. You're ready to kill and are jealous of other people, but you still cannot get what you want. So you argue and fight. You do not get what you want because you do not ask God. Or when you ask, you do not receive because the reason you are you ask is wrong. In other words, wrong motives. You want things so you can use them for your own pleasure. It's talking here about selfishness, just being a selfish person, just living a life where you're always dedicated to getting your way is one of the ways that, that it prevents us from being a peacemaker because we're, we're always just going after our own world out of selfishness. And it's a sure way to instigate conflict in our relationships. You know, marriages, if there's this kind of selfishness in there, they're just gonna have conflict all the time. Listen, when you get married, you gotta move from I to us. You, you gotta move from me to we. As long as you're still talking about I and me, you're more likely to continue to have conflict in your relationship. You gotta make the shift so that it's not about me, it's about us. It's not about me and mine, it's about what we want. What do we want to do? How how do we want to spend our time? Or how will we spend our money? Just pause there for a moment, okay. What is best for us? That's the language of marriage. It's not about I and me. It is about we. It is about us. And we have to learn to be flexible in our preferences. Why? Because I may not get my way all the time. I may not have things done the way that I like them to be done. But the higher purpose of harmony in a relationship is being maintained, and that's more important than getting my way. People really lose it sometimes in this area, and here's here's how that works. We don't treat our convictions like their preferences, do we? I mean, as a Christ follower, I have a number of convictions. I have convictions about my faith. I believe Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus rose from the grave. I believe he's the Son of God, Jesus is Lord. I have convictions about my faith. I also have convictions about morality, about what is right and what is wrong, what the scripture admonishes to, to do and, and not to do. I have convictions about those things. I have convictions about character, what God expects in my character. And, and so we don't treat our convictions like they're preferences. But here's where we mess up. You should also not treat your preferences like their convictions. Preferences are flexible, preferences are accommodating, preferences are not imposing. And when we treat our preferences like they're convictions, they become contentious. To be a peacemaker, don't treat your preferences like they're convictions. Here's the next thing. Avoid unnecessary conflict. Avoid unnecessary conflict. You know, conflict is going to happen. It's just part of life. Conflict happens in, in longer-term relationships. It's like the longer you know a person, the more likely you're going to come into conflict or disagreement about something. That's just the way it is. That's just life. Um, but, and that's not being negative. That's just reality. That's the world we live in. However, where we can, the Scripture says, we should avoid it. Romans chapter 12 and verse 18. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. The exhortation is that we seek to live in peace and seek to live in harmony with others, and it puts it in this context, as far as it depends on you, depends on you. That is, that we are to put our best effort out to avoid conflict and contention and strife in our relationships. We're to do what we can do to, uh, you know, to accomplish this. And what that means is that where conflict could arise, We just make it a priority to maintain the relationship. So, well, how do you do that? Well, one of the best ways to do that is just to choose not to argue. Just to choose not to argue. We can discuss, we can talk about issues, but we don't have to go to this place where the discussion becomes volatile and and becomes mean-spirited and all the rest of it. It's one of the sure ways to avoid unnecessary conflict is just refuse to argue over differences. Arguments are a lose-lose battle. They are. Arguments are a lose-lose battle. You never really win them. See, usually what happens in an argument is this, is you just solidify your position as well as their position that are in opposition of each other. That's typically what happens out of an argument. And not only that, you, you, you well, here's the expression they use, and that is this. You, you can win the battle, but you can lose the war. In other words, oh, I felt like I explained myself and I had the best logic and reason and I really, you know, made clear my point and all the rest of it. Yes, but you alienated that person. In the process of it, you lost a relationship. You might have won the battle, you lost the war. In other words, this was what was more important. And this is what arguing produces. You can win an argument, but you can lose a relationship because arguing involves attacking the other person. It's not a friendly discussion whatsoever. The Scripture tells us to battle for peace in relationships, not for our opinions. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24, says, Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. The Lord's servant must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. They must be able to teach effectively and be patient with difficult People. We're to respond to people, but we're to respond with what I would call an opposite spirit. Instead of responding and arguing, we're to learn to respond with empathy. You ever been in a discussion with somebody about something and you're just, you're like, you totally get your position. You totally understand why you believe what you believe and why you think the way you think. And then you're hearing them talk about what they think they want to do. And in the back of your mind, you're going, man, I just don't get it. What are they thinking? Like, you know, and you're probably thinking a lot worse than that, And but you know, we are on a platform in church, can't say those things, but <laughs> but here's the deal. Arguing is about explaining, justifying, rationalizing your viewpoint. It's about pushing. It's about, you know, a, a fighting right from the get-go, and, and after all, you feel justified because you know you're right. Empathy, though, is about Understanding and listening. It's a conscious choice to see their point from their point of view. It's about putting yourself in their shoes. It's about trying to understand what motivates them. Why do they think the way they think? Why do they see things the way that they see them? Empathy is an exercise in curiosity that asks the question, why do they see things the way that they do? And why do they have that particular viewpoint? Seeing how the other pe- person may feel the way that they feel. That's what empathy is all about. It's, about. it's not about agreeing with them, by the way. It's not about coming to a place of agreeing. What it is is coming to a place of understanding. That's different. I don't have to agree with you, but I can still understand you. I can appreciate why you feel the way you feel, why you think the way you think. More importantly, it helps them feel that they've been understood. If they feel like they've been understood, guess what? They feel like they've been honored. They feel like they've been treated with dignity, just like the scripture talks about. You may not agree with them, but you show them enough care and enough concern uh, to get why they feel the way that they do, and that's called treating people with dignity and honor. If you put understanding before being understood, then others are more likely to understand you as well. This doesn't mean both parties agree. You'll notice I'm gonna say that over and over throughout this message. This, This whole thing of reconciliation, this whole thing of peacemaking, isn't about, well, we all have to get on the same page. No, we can have differences. We have different ways of seeing things. That's just life but we can still have reconciliation, we can still have peace. This doesn't mean both parties agree. It doesn't mean that, uh, you know, one party's going to change their mind or, or the other one will. But what it does do is this, that first of all, uh, empathy does what arguing will never do. Empathy draws relationships together because it shows care and concern and respect, and it shows honor even though we don't agree. Here's the other thing the Scripture encourages, not as this. Don't be reactionary. The scripture says, be patient when you're wronged. Be patient when you're wrong. Not only does the Bible tell us, don't get into an argument, but it says, don't react. Don't lose your cool. When we react towards others, we lose out in our ability to keep, keep from conflict. Emotional responses, you know, that are birthed out of inflammatory statements only further the conflict. When we fail to react, we're actually putting up a guard against arguing. And not only that, the scripture says your failure to react can actually calm the situation. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 18 says, A hot-tempered person stirs up strife, but the slow to anger calms a dispute. Patient, gentle, kind people are really difficult to have a good fight with. You know, those people that don't raise their voices, they don't have their face go flush. Their nostrils don't get flared out, you know. You don't see their veins popping out of their neck, you know. They don't make off-the-cuff comments, you know. In fact, they do the opposite. They're just like a wet blanket to a good argument. How do we continue to be a peacemaker? Let's look at this on a more of a relational one-to-one Uh, Level of what happens in homes and what happens in your relationships. First of all, resolve conflicts immediately. Resolve conflicts immediately. Too often, resolution isn't our first response. Our first response tends to be delay. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 23 says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First By reconcil- first, be reconciled, rather, to your brother, and then come after uh, and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way to him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge over to the officer, and the officer will throw you in prison. Notice that the, the passage is telling us to resolve things as soon as possible so that they don't escalate. What people tend to do, though, is they wait. They have some kind of conflict, some kind of disagreement, some kind of offense happens, and then they go through a mental process of, okay, what am I gonna do about this? Well, that really upset me, that really hurt me. I, I need to go and I need to talk to this person. Well, what am I gonna say? I don't know what to say. And you know, they think for a little while, all of a sudden, a week's gone by, couple weeks have gone by, oh, I think I know what I should say. Um, but I don't want to go all upset. I need to calm down. I need to get my emotions, you know, settle down. Don't be so upset about this. Otherwise, I might come off wrong. A couple more weeks have gone by. Well, I need the right timing. I just got to wait for the right timing. Finally, they think everything's come together to have a conversation. It's six months later. They bring it up, and the person can't even remember what they did. That's one of the reasons the Bible says, just, just go immediately. Go immediately. If you look at the decline in the relationship, it starts off with your brother, and then it ends with jail. (laughs) It ends with prison. Oh, the other thing, by the way, that people do when they they delay is they decide, I'm not going to say anything. I I don't want to make a big deal. You know, I'll just forget about it. But they're actually not forgetting about it. What they're doing is they're stuffing it. I'll just push it down. I'll push down my emotions. I'll push down how I feel about this. And and then what happens is eventually they conflict with this person again. And then what comes out is you always, and they explode on them because they've stuffed a few things down thinking that was how they were supposed to resolve and bring peace, and it doesn't work. Starts off with your brother, ends with somebody in jail. It's a picture of what emotionally happens when conflicts are not dealt with immediately. The relationship moves from love to legalism. It moves from trust to rules. It moves from freedom to control. So reconcile immediately. Here's the next one. Resolve conflicts privately. Resolve conflicts privately. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 15 says, if your brother sins, Go and reprove him in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. Listen, when we fail to go to the individual involved and, and go to them in private, we actually do them a disservice. We rob them of the opportunity to grow and to change where, where they might be able to see something about their life that they were unaware of and, and that they can not only apologize, but they can also change. We, we rob them of this opportunity, and what we typically do is just create more drama than necessary. What what if the conflict was actually just a big misunderstanding? I thought you meant this. I thought you said that. I heard this. I heard that. And then when you go to them in private, the misunderstanding gets all cleared up. And you realize, my goodness, there was no reason even to be upset or offended. Nobody did anything wrong. It was just a misunderstanding. Water under the bridge and we move on. What if that person is humble and they respond well? You know, we should be treating people well. What if if they're humble and they respond well? Then they should have been treated well by you going in private. Because if you don't go in private, here's what you'll do. You'll make it public. You'll end up gossiping. It'll leak out somewhere. At some point, you're going to say something to someone about something that's none of their business. Either directly or indirectly, it'll come out of you. The other thing we do instead of dealing directly with the situation is sometimes we think, well, I should get somebody else involved and ask them to come and resolve it or whatever. You know, Proverbs 26, 7 gives you some advice if somebody's trying to pull you in on their stuff. And that says this Yanking a dog's ear is no more foolish than interfering in an argument that isn't any of your own business. Now, let me just explain the scripture. They're not talking about little white furry lap dog, okay? <laughs> Just when, when you read this Bible verse, the correct translation is Doberman, Pinscher, Rottweiler, Pitbull, those kind of dog ears, okay? Don't let people drag you into their conflict. Send them back to go and resolve it on their own in private. Third thought, reserve judgment and pursue understanding. Have you all heard somebody's story that made us respond emotionally as we heard it and, and and you know, and we just start thinking, about, wow, that is so wrong, and, and that is so often. This should be done, and that should be done, only to hear the other side of the story, and the picture completely changes when you hear it. Proverbs 18, 17 says, any story sounds true until someone tells the other side and sets the record straight. This is a good rule of thumb to remember when you're caught in a relationship scenario and and, and somebody's trying to give you you their story, whatever. Don't pass judgment. Don't pass judgment until you hear both sides and really get the full picture of what you're dealing with. People are going to tell you their story, but until you hear the other side, all you have is their story. You don't have the story. And there can be quite a difference. You just have one version of it you don't have the full picture. You need to hear both sides, understand the full picture, then you can have the right approach to resolving a conflict. This will work in your business, by the way. Just thought I'd throw that in there. John 7, 24. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. So so the Bible's saying, listen, just don't go on the surface and make some kind of judgment. You, You need to get below the surface, get below just what's in the appearance. How do we mess up on judgment? Here's the most common way, and then i got to move on to the last point to wrap us up. The most common way that we mess up in judgment is this, is instead of just looking at the, the actions at face value, we make a judgment about the motives behind them. And you can be so wrong when you try to judge motives. You do not know a person's motives. Here's the last, last part of this. Number four, forget about it. Or as the Italians would say, forget about it. Forget about it, just forget about it. In most cases, what you agree on with others is way more than what you have that you disagree on. I want you to hear that. But if all you do is focus on what you disagree on, you will treat it as though it's the major portion and statement of that relationship. You agree on way more than those one or two little things that you disagree on. Don't elevate their importance. And by the way, when you do, you empower the enemy to bring division into your relationships. When all you focus on is what you disagree about, that one or two things that you don't like about that person or whatever, or that you don't see eye to eye on, you're just empowering the enemy to bring division into your into your home or into your relationships. First Corinthians 13, four says love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. And then it says this, it does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, it keeps no record of being wrong think about those two thoughts it does not demand its own way and it keeps no record of being uh, uh, no record of being wrong here's what love does love minimizes the differences that's literally what he's saying let's minimize the differences Let's not demand our own way. Let's minimize that. Let's not hold on to offenses or what wasn't done the way we thought it should. Don't keep a record of wrong. Minimize, minimize the difference. Doing these two things is enough to avoid empowering the enemy to bring division and strife into your homes. Love is the choice to set aside your opinion and let go of your differences. I love this last verse in closing. Proverbs 19 verse 11 says this, a person's discretion makes them slow to anger. And it is his glory to overlook an offense. Ah, that's so good. In other words, here's what the scripture's saying. It's saying, you know what the glory of God is? Is when you get bigger than whatever you think offends you. You get bigger than what offends you. You overlook it. So God says, that's to your glory that you would do that. Would you stand as we take time to pray? You know, when it comes to many other opportunities to be offended or pass judgment, just choose to be a bigger person. Don't allow your disagreement to become your division. Don't allow your disagreement to become your division. Heavenly Father, I I just thank you for this word. I thank you for the instruction of scripture. I thank you for the wisdom, God, of of scripture and how to handle differences. And I, I just pray, Father, that we wouldn't allow them to become division division in our relationships, division in our homes. But I, I pray, Father, that as we exercise these truths, as we, as we just practice these things that we've learned from your word, Lord, instead, that we would put up a, a defense against the strategy of the enemy to bring division in our lives, and that we would keep peace, and that we would stay in harmony with those who are around us. With our heads bowed, I wanna pray one more prayer. For those that are in the room, for those that are watching online, Jesus is the greatest peacekeeper. Jesus reconciled us to the Father when we were, when we were lost, when we were far from him, when we were separated by our sin. Christ went to the cross and reconciled us from our place of sinfulness to a place of righteousness, that is being in right standing with God, and to a place of relationship to where we could literally have the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives and get to know and walk with God throughout our lives. Jesus is our peacemaker. But you know, right now, if in your life what you feel is just far from God, distant, like not connected... If you're feeling that emptiness, that sense of, like that lady shared on the, on the interview a little earlier where she just said, I just felt like, well, what's my purpose? It's like something's missing. I'm telling you, Christ has come to reconcile you to the Father and take that all away, to fill your life with his presence and his purpose and to bring you in relationship for eternity. And so, if that's you in the room and you're like, I feel that distance, I don't feel connected, I want to walk in a relationship with the Lord, I'm going to lead you in a prayer that's your opportunity for a fresh start or a restart, whatever that case may be. Maybe you're watching online. You're like, how do I begin to walk with God? It starts by a prayer that acknowledges your need for Him and your faith in Christ as your Savior and Lord who paid the price for your sins. Let's bow our heads as we take in this time of prayer. And if, if that's you, pray along with me. And if, it's, if you're like, I'm cool with God, but I'm going to pray with you in support of those who are praying around me, Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are the greatest peacemaker because you brought peace between me and the Heavenly Father when you died on that cross and you rose again. I ask you to forgive my past. I invite you into my heart. I confess you as my Savior and my Lord, and I'm going to follow you with all of my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our message today from our series, Managing Your Inner World. If you're wanting to know more about Celebration Church or if you would like to partner with us financially, you can visit our website at celebrationemonton.com. You can follow us on our Instagram and our Facebook at CelebrationEDM to connect with us. Join us next week to hear another great message from our series, Managing Your Inner World.